Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to another episode of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we shape the mindset of the high achiever to think like an entrepreneur. We talk with masters of the craft to get the cheat codes to success, helping elite enterprisers level up and maximize their brand. I'm your host, LZ, the mayor. Now let's get to it. What is going on, Enterprisers? Welcome to yet another edition of the Enterprise Now Show. I'm super excited. I have with me Katie Pauls. We're going to get into some, uh, you might be offended with me a little bit, uh, some of the things we're going to talk about, but I'm only telling you this because I care about you. I care about your brand. I care about your podcast. So we're going to be talking about branding, podcasting, your podcast brand. We're going to be talking about websites, why you should have one. And we're also going to get to know Katie and her story a little bit better. But before we get any into any of the good stuff, Katie, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. So Katie, what are you excited about? What's coming up in your business that you'd like to share with us? Well, what's coming up in my business? I mean, there's been so much. The summer has been pretty low key, I would say. Definitely a drop off in the market I'm feeling. I'm, I don't want to say that it's unstable or volatile because it brings such a negative implication to a already difficult situation, but it's transformed. And I feel that with a transformed market, that's kind of forced business owners to transform their brands, their websites, and how they're reaching people. You mentioned the, the market transforming. I can definitely agree and attest to that difference. What do you mean, though, when you say the market is transforming? I know you don't want to put out negative energy out there in, in the world, but when you say transforming, what do you mean? I think that I'm talking more about people are getting really specific about the things that they're looking for. I feel like with a little bit of the, the tightening in the money that's being spent, they're spending it more wisely. So they want to work with brands that are really elevated, that are going to be able to get the job done well and fast. I think that people are looking for a fast solution now. Yeah. So do you think, because I've always had this conversation internally, right? The generalists versus the specialists. What's your take on that? The generalist as opposed to being a specialist? Well, I guess I'm biased because I'm definitely the specialist, you know, in a field of a whole bunch of generalists. And I feel that especially with the introduction of AI, I'm becoming even more of a specialist because AI is now taking over. I mean, you can design a website with ChatGPT, and you can use these Adobe programs that have generative fills with AI. So I think that the more that people are using, well, I don't want to say that they're using generalists, but the more that we're moving forward with AI, the more that the specialists will become valuable. So what are you doing and thinking about in terms of your business? You mentioned AI. It's here. 
It's here to stay and it's just going to become even more popular. So how are you thinking about things, giving that fact? So I use for my website building, I use Elementor and WordPress and Elementor is coming out with AI now so that you can pretty much ask it to write your content for you right there. Or you can ask it to design the code so that, you know, it has certain functionality. I think that no matter what, in the end, AI just cannot capture the essence of human. I mean, there are still so many instances where I will look at content and be like, that was AI generated. <laughs> you know, so I think it's forcing the rest of us who bring forward the human to be even more so human in a way that AI just could never put that forward. Yeah, I agree. I think, too, the thing that I'm still kind of waiting to see is how the Googles of the world will dictate people's use of it. Because what I've found is that, unfortunately, social media platforms have a lot of influence on number one, the type of content people produce, where they produce content. And so I'm curious to see how those players will influence how people use it, because if they don't mind and they don't punish people for using AI, then people are going to use it more. If they punish people for using AI, then people are going to use it less. So I'm curious to see how that'll shake out. I know even in my business where you know, there are tools that will literally blow your mind, the things that they can do with audio and video. So things that I'm thinking through is, okay, well, how do I double down on, to your point, being a specialist? How do I double down on the human element and the human side of what I do, content creation and connection, really? And how can I be the best at that? Understanding that these tools can actually help my business. They help us produce content faster for clients and, and more efficiently. And so just kind of tiptoeing the, both worlds of understanding that AI is here to stay and what that means for our business and really just kind of, you know, embracing it at the same time as, you know, just making it, helping us get better, right? Because really that's what it's doing. It's like, you got to be on your game. You have to be good at your craft and, and master your craft. What has been the hardest part of scaling your business so far, right? You've been at it for a little bit. You've seen a few things. What's been the thing that, from a mindset perspective, got you from point A to where you are now? Yeah, so I've been doing this for 20 years, 20 plus years. And I think that the hardest thing is sticking to my North Star. So my North Star is that I'm a specialist. I'm doing this by myself. I'm not growing a team. So usually when I come across coaching, the first thing is, oh, hire this person, hire that person, hire that person. Let's grow the team. That's the only way to scale your business. But that's just not how I work. So I did bring Alex on board. He's my husband and he does all of the peopling and he does SEO. And so that's awesome that I have that, but that's as far as it goes. I still keep the business just me. So the tricky thing about scaling is that, I mean, I can charge more, I can charge more, I can charge more, but at some point you have to weigh, is my time, because my time is my greatest commodity, right? I don't want to be giving my time away. I can only make a certain amount. So you have to kind of find that sweet spot and then stick to it, stick to your North Star. Otherwise you go off in that direction and that direction. And so I think that's my best advice is stick to your North Star, figure out what you want to do and grow within that. Yeah, I, I love that because one of the things that I found to completely agree and support what you just said is not everybody wants to grow a big business where they have 45 uh, people to manage. I don't manage 45 people. And I can tell you, there's a lot that goes into managing people if you do it right. 
So I love that answer, really just understanding what you want, the business you want to build. You know, I tell young entrepreneurs that all the time is you really need to understand what you want. You can look at myself and other entrepreneurs and what we're doing, but you have to know what you want and what's best for you on your journey. So love, love, love that answer. What's your favorite part of running your business? I know a lot of times people look at business owners as if they're, we're this mythical creature that just floats around, but there's some parts of business that aren't so fun. What is the part of business where you wake up and you're like, man, I get to do this. I love that I get to work with my husband. That's my favorite thing. You know, we're best friends. We started dating at 15, married at 20. We're 45 years old this year and we get to have our business together. So we get up, we're like, eh, let's walk the dog. And then after that, okay, let's do some work, you know? So I love that we both have complete say over the type of life we want to have. If we want to be super rockstar working people one day, awesome. If we want to go swimming the next day, awesome. You know, so it's, it's completely the life that I want to live. That's awesome. So we have a similar story. My wife and I married at 20 as well. I think we met, how old are you in eighth grade? 13? 13 or so? So we have a similar <laughs> story. So we were kids and we've basically grown up together. So that's awesome. Now, I don't think that my wife and I would be great in business together just because we're both very analytical. So we would just analyze everything to death before and we would never make a decision. So I don't, I don't know, but who knows? Who's to say? You don't, don't know, know until you step into it, right? Like for us, he's very clear on the fact that it's my business. Like I started this business, so I'm kind of the boss, <laughs> but he is also amazing in that he allows me to be in that role, you know? And then we have really productive fighting, fighting, you know, like we're butting heads. We go for a walk and we talk it out and we come back and it's like, okay, let's sit down and do this again. So. You know, I think working with your spouse can be really interesting and it's good for your relationship. It really grows it in a way you didn't think it would go. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so tell us about your business, what it is that you do and who you help. All right. So I'm a brand alchemist. So I do branding and website design and I help people who want to make a difference in the world. So change makers is kind of where is that for me? So people who are psychologists, coaches, people who work with other people are, and are making impacts. That's who I want to be helping. Got it. So when you say brand alchemist, does that, I mean, is it websites? Is it branding? Help me understand how you help these folks. Branding alchemist. So the alchemist is my favorite thing ever. So anybody can be a brand expert. I feel like, you know, expert and strategist. And I, I wanted something to define myself that was unique to the experience that I provide when I work with people. The alchemist is my favorite book, hands down, like there are some people who they're like, the Bible is my truth. And I'm like, you know what? The alchemist is my truth. I think that I read it every year. And every time I read it, there's something in it that, that gives me a message that I wasn't expecting to get. So when I thought about the alchemist for myself, it's like, this makes sense because when someone works with me, they're expecting a transformation of some kind. So we're taking one thing and transforming it into something else. So I'm taking your business vision, your passion, and I'm turning that into visuals and messaging. And then from there, I flow that into the website and I make sure that the transformation is happening there for the users. So um, there are many points of transformation between me and the client, between the client and their brand. If you're not connected to your brand, that's a problem. And then from there to have that experience happen with the user, the website and the brand, there has to be connection there. So alchemist was the perfect word for that. A little bit of magic and uh, a lot of transformation. 
Got it. So before you, before we hit record, we were talking about one of the things that really just burns my bridges. Um, when I go to a website, for example, and the website looks amazing, the copy is great, the you know the marketing assets look fantastic, and then I click on the podcast tab, and I can tell that they didn't put as much effort and intention into the podcast side as they did the website. Why do you think people do that? I think that the podcast is an afterthought for a lot of businesses. It's a tool. It's like the blog. Sometimes the blog tab is also another one that gets disconnected from the brand. So anything that's an afterthought is definitely not going to be connected as well as the rest of the pages. But I think that now, especially as the market has transformed, the value of the podcast, the purpose of the podcast has really changed and transformed. And I think that it brings in a whole new level of people into your sphere and it has to be on brand. Otherwise there's confusion. If there's disconnect in the brand on that page, you have confused people. Do you listen to podcasts? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Here's why. I'm not a consumer. I'm a creator. So I don't listen to podcasts. I don't read the news. I stay off social media. As a creator, I try and keep my filter as pure as possible. Got my it. husband is an avid podcaster. I see. That makes sense. That makes sense. I've found myself over the last um, six months to a year. I don't watch the morning news just because, you know, the first thing in the morning, I don't want to hear about all the people that got shot over the weekend. I don't want to hear about the fires. And I I just I got to the point where it's like, you know what? I just can't. I I can't do it anymore. So I stopped. So I'll listen to, I'll watch some, you know, different sources, but not first thing in the morning when I'm waking up and I'm, you know, I want to be in a space of gratitude and thankfulness. I just can't. It was really robbing me of my joy. So I get it. So what about business building? Because a lot of times people confuse building a business with building a brand. What are some insights you have there in terms of how do we more efficiently you know, and intentionally build our business and our brand and what the difference are. So I think that when it comes to building your brand, I can speak to because that's what I do. When you are building your brand, you have to first look at your own brand and ask yourself if you connect. What is your emotional reaction when you see your brand? If if the reaction is not great, if you're even just a little bit embarrassed or timid about your brand, that's a problem. If you want to grow your business, your brand has to be able to be out there on your behalf 24-7, which means you better be really connected to that brand. For me, my website, I send people to my website all the time. And if I'm in a meeting and I'm there with them and I see the reaction, I'm like, all right, I love my brand. I freaking love my brand. You know, if I was driving down the highway and I saw my brand on a billboard, I'd be like, yep, that's amazing. (laughs) You know, so if you can connect to your brand in a positive way, you can put it out there to be your, when you have someone, your business card, you have to have an amazing pride, you know, because that business card is not going forward on your behalf to interact with lots of different people. And same thing with your website. You got to make sure that your brand is there authentically speaking on your behalf when you are not there. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. So what, what about business building? We talked about a little bit before how step one, my opinion is you really need to know what kind of business you're building. Step two, I'm building a business. What's the next thing I need to know? Like I know what kind of business I'm building. I know what kind of business I am not building. What's next? What do I do after that? I think you have to know who you're building the business for. Who are you trying to serve? 
So you're going to do a deep dive into your client avatars. And I think the best way to start there is to ask yourself, would I be my own best ideal client? And that's a mind bender because there are, you know, the first thing you do is you bring up all your negative qualities. Well, I don't want to work with a perfectionist, (laughs) but it's like, wait, wait, I have a solution for that. So I think if you use yourself as a starting point for your ideal client and keep in mind, this is industry dependent from there, it's easy to build out that portfolio of all the different types of people that you want to be helping. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming that once you know that those two things, right, you know, what kind of business you're building and you know who you're building it for. Now you can effectively uh, build a brand around that, right? Yep. Yep. So what goes into that? Do I just simply just pick up the phone and hire you or what do I do? I know what business I want to build. I know who I want to serve. How do I begin to, to really brand or rebrand if I'm in a business and I've been doing it for a little bit? Now I no longer love the business because that happens, right? Sometimes we get into things and four years, five years, eight years in, we're like, you know what? This doesn't light my fire anymore. What do we do? Ask people first. Ask people who have used other people who have had good experiences because there is no shortage of branding experts out there. So you definitely want to ask around, see what some trusted resources are. And then when you have that meeting, kind of feel out their creative process. Because not everybody has the same, but I mean, there are certain processes that you should be looking for. Are they listening to me? Are they asking me the right questions? You know, how long is it going to take to have this done? Once it's done, do I have to hire somebody else for the next piece? Or is there a flow? Is it from start to finish? So you have to think about what the entire process is going to look like. And then what deliverables you get. You want to make sure they don't own any of the stuff that you want to have. And some people do that, but you know, as long as you're getting a bunch of different variations of your logo and different file formats so that you can use it in print and in digital and a good branding person will outline their process for you. And they'll tell you everything that you're going to get and how much it's going to cost and, and why it's an investment as opposed to a cost. So what are some other things we should be considering, right? So now we have our branding in order. Now, now how do we get our name out there and promote and grow this business? Yeah. So in the beginning, it's a lot of guerrilla marketing where you're going to be just going to every single networking event. And I think that once you have your brand and it's into your website, now your website is live, it's launched, it's ready to go. Maybe you spend a little bit of money at the beginning doing Google ads or or some kind of social ads so that you can kind of get a little bit of traffic generated to your site. That's not a good long-term solution, but I think in the beginning, it's great just to get people to see you. And then if your brand is done really well, you're showing up consistent across all platforms. You're on social media, your brand is there. The website, brand is there. Ads, brand is there. Got it. One of the things that I would have done differently (laughs) when I started was I, I would have been more intentional about gathering data and information about why people did the things that they did, why they engaged with the brand, why they hired us in the first place. Like I'd be more intentional about gathering that data because I found that it it really helps make decisions in the future. If you know why, what moves people, you know, what, what reactions they have to different changes that you make in the business, things like that. I think I would have just been more intentional about collecting that data because it would have helped me triangulate things more efficiently and more effectively. That's why I think that when you're looking for your testimonials to have a guided testimonial. So can you speak to how the process was for you? Can you speak to the time frame? Did I get it done fast enough? What was your initial reaction to the brand? You know, 
a guided testimonial allows you to get that important information and then makes it easier for people to give their feedback to you. Yeah, I love that. Guided testimonials. Do you have any like guides for that? I know, you know, we're just mentioning it now, but would you be able to offer the listeners like a a two-step, three-step guide to guided testimonials that we could give them as a result of being enterprisers and listening to the show? Are you talking about like a a design deliverable, something that I go back, design, and then you can upload afterwards or like on the spot? <laughs> no, yeah, we could do it afterwards because by the time that this episode goes live, we'll have like months to, and it doesn't have to be anything in depth, just like a two, three step guide to guided testimonials that we could then point them to your website. Yeah, let's do it. Cool. What else? What else are you excited about that's that's rocking and rolling in, in your business that we can share? Well, I guess it's that the trusted partners aspect of the business has really become more significant, especially this year. Because I'm a business of two, those trusted partners become important. So I don't do brand strategy, but now I partner with Aaron Marcus, who does do brand strategy. So you can find me at my own website, but if you're looking for the strategy and the business and an entire team of people to take care of processes and things, then you find me at Conquer Your Business. So I think that aligning yourself with people who have the same North Star can actually help you grow your business in a way that you don't actually, you don't give up on the initial plan for yourself. Now, this is a nosy question. You don't have to answer if you don't want to. But do you have affiliate agreements with your trusted partners or is it just a top level we're partnering and when people come to me that need what you do, I point them to you? So for me personally, I don't have affiliates that way. It's a service. It's just me being of service to another person. It's like, oh, you need this? Go see this person. And if they have it set up on their end where they're going to give me a kickback, that's cool. But for the most part, it's not something that I, I look for. What are some of the ways that you market? Because you, I mean, you're in the marketing space. Like, how do you market your business outside of networking and the more in-person in tactics? Yeah, I have in the 20 years of my business, I have never done an advertisement ever, ever. So for me, it's always been word of mouth. I think that just being of service to other people, I get to be a trusted partner for them. Lately, I mean, I guess up until about six months ago, I was on social a lot. It was giving my advice away for free and, you know, trying to be of service there as much as possible. And then AI happened. So that completely changed how I show up on social. Now, if I'm on social, it's as a superhuman. I'm talking about messy emotions and spiritual things that AI just has no idea about. So it's changed things a little bit for me. Unpack that a little bit. So a, the advent of AI changed how you engaged on social. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. So I almost never show up on social now in a way that AI could do it for me. Mm. You know, I don't want somebody to come across my stuff and think, hmm, she's just using AI to generate this stuff. So I will create this beautiful graphic and I'll put it all together myself, but then I will apply this really energetic text to it so that someone reads is like, wow, there's no way AI came up with that. You know, because there, there were times where I did put into AI, write something um, spiritual and energetic about this or that. And then it just comes back with the most ridiculous stuff. I'm like, awesome. That's what I'm writing about. <laughs> Got it. So have you noticed any changes in your business since making that shift? 
Uh, I've noticed that there have been more likes. It's like that, the, what is that vanity, vanity tracking or whatever that is, you know, where, yeah. Okay. There's been a few more likes and a little bit more engagement in the comments. But as far as the business goes, it's pretty much still been the same. Although I, I think it's still too soon to tell. I think that, you know, you make a change on social and it's not instant in your business. It takes a few months to get that rolling. Yeah. I have a, a love hate relationship with social media. I just feel like there's a lot of give from a user perspective and not a lot of, you know, give back from these platforms. So I've always flirted with the idea of if I wonder what it would be like if I just stopped, like I didn't show up on social, what would that be like? Would it impact my business? Would it impact? Because a lot of times people see your stuff, but they don't comment, like, or share. And I know this because people tell me <laughs> that they have seen stuff that I can remember that they didn't like coming and share. So I'm always wondering what that would be like. So what other insights do you have with social? Is it super important to your business? Is it a one of those things where it's kind of like myself, where it's love, hate? How do you interact or implement social in your business? I straight up hate social. <laughs> if the L crashed today, that would be okay. And you know what? It wouldn't affect my business because I don't get business from social. So anytime I step into the coaching and strategy realm, I dip, dip my toe into that pool and they say, Oh, if you're not, you know, front of mind, if people are not seeing you every day, they'll go to the next person because they just didn't think of you. I'm like, well, is that really true though? Because I don't know, especially because it's word of mouth for my business. I feel like if I disappeared from social completely, I don't think it would change. And I think it's a good experiment. You know what? What's the big deal? Drop off of social for two weeks and see what happens. Mm -hmm. I, for me, the past two weeks, I've posted nothing, you know, and it's made no difference <laughs> except that I feel really good that I don't have to be a slave to social. Yeah. So, but do you ever feel like you're missing something though? Like, cause the thing that people always say was, well, you could be doing more, but does that play back to your North Star knowing what kind of business you want to build? You're not apt to give in to some of these external forces because you know what you're trying to build. I have zero FOMO. <laughs> that, all that stuff can keep on happening without me. And it doesn't matter. My North Star is I'm growing my business so that I can live the life that I want to live. My life, my way. You know? And sometimes I get sucked into social and like, wait a minute, that's not my life, my way. <laughs> you know, that's that's my life dictated by somebody else or some other entity. So yeah, no FOMO here. That's really cool. That's a really cool place to be, to know what you're building and not feel pressured by external forces to do things that you really don't want to do. Yeah. You know, lately there's just been this massive shift of, especially because the economy is so harsh, like it's a little bit, you know, it's tight everywhere you look, the groceries, the gas, like things are getting ridiculous. So am I going to, can I work any harder? I couldn't possibly really, like I'm working pretty hard already. I feel like what I need is a little bit more downtime. You know, like I want to wash the dishes and not think about something else. And I want to do laundry for my kids. And, you know, like there are other things, there are other things that are going to fill me other than just working to try and stay above water financially. Mm -hmm. you, know? mm -hmm. you just have to, you have to weigh what's important to you. Yeah. So I'm curious, how did you even get into this line of work? Like you didn't wake up one day and say, I want to be a brand strategist or did you? No, I did not. I have a bachelor degree in music. So music was my whole life. I am a professionally trained flute player. Nice. Right? So that was in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And the Winnipeg Symphony already had 
flute players and you're not just going to, you know, bump them out. They've been there a long time. So I'm like, okay, so now what? And then my husband worked for Manitoba Hydro. We moved all over the province. We went way up north, just below Churchill, where the polar bears are. And I couldn't have a music business there. We were always rotating around. So I started dabbling in websites. And back then it was all like HTML. Like it was barely even before CSS was out there. So it was like, and so I have this really amazing background of being able to hand code websites if I have to. I would never anymore, of course, but you know, it's nice to have that info. And so it's all self-taught. Everything else was completely self-taught. Got it. So we have that in common as well. So I'm not classically trained, but I have been paid United States dollars to sing and perform. So technically I'm a professional musician. That's really cool. So do you still play or do you still tinker with flute or no? Not since we've moved to Alberta, which has been about five years. My flute is in a little bit of a state of disarray. I need to send it out to Victoria to get it kind of fixed up. But I mean, it's always there. Every Christmas, the piano comes out and I get to play and sing and it's there. Got it. I, I think it's important to always keep those passions close to us because, you know, it, it's a gift and a thing that, that we have that we can do and we should share it whenever, whenever possible. And, you know, it's one of those things where, and I've been asking this question to myself a lot lately is if I was, if my soul had come into an experience where it's like caveman times, what would my role be in the tribe? They're not going to have a website designer, <laughs> you know, like what would my purpose be? And that kind of strips all the junk away and takes you right down to your core. And you have to think, what would my usefulness be? You would have to be useful to your tribe. Otherwise they're leaving you behind or you're getting picked, you know, eaten off by who knows what. Yeah. So I think that's a good question to ask yourself, even especially I think in today. And then you can shed all that other stuff. And, and if, music is at the core, you know, if your role would have been to soothe through music or entertain or whatever, like come back to that, make time for that. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe you would have been the person who were writing the, the, the etchings on the wall, <laughs> <laughs> the caveman version of a website. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, awesome. This has been a great conversation, Katie. If people want to reach out to you, learn more about you, what you do, want to search the archives to hear you play flute, how can they do that? Uh, well, you can do that through my website. So it's kpdesign.ca because we're in Canada. And then if you're looking for me in more of a strategy side, it's conqueryourbusiness.com. Got it. So they shouldn't really go on social, but you're, you're still on social, just not. I mean, as once in a while, I will pop up on social, especially on LinkedIn. Facebook is terrible, but <laughs> once in a while, I'll go on LinkedIn because that's where the professionals hang out. Got it. Well, I appreciate the time, Katie. Thanks for having me. If you got value from today's show, we want you to join the Enterprises Elite email list for more nuggets and resources. And remember, no excuses, just execution. Go get it. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.